I like it, but do you know how I feel when when something happens and I'm not aware that it's going to happen? I know. I I, I should have mentioned that. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia, in the heart of all things. Of course, that's Clarendon. Back again for episode 244 of Pace the Nation. A really exciting episode to get to. I'm your host, Chris Farley. We've got one co-host with me today across the county. It's William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? Well, I, I mean, even that description might be too specific as to where I am. I, 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 <laughs> I would just like to say that I'm not with you. Yes. Yep. We are socially distanced, and yeah. you are. Uh, but don't give my. Yeah, you are broadcasting from your away, home, buddy. home studio. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Broadcasting from his home studio. Uh, Julie's not here this week. Uh, just a busy week uh, for Julie, and um, at least you know. At, at least that's what I'll say. I, I, I'm always like, is this the last week she's actually going to show up for the podcast? That's probably the real reason she's trying to, uh, you know, wiggle her way out of being a co-host. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And so you know, who knows? Well, if I could, if I could throw out a, a conspiracy theory, she she knows that our guest is is from UVA. Uh, <laughs> that's true. You, you and I talk about. Uh, UVA all the time because that's that's where right. we went to school and and we ran track there uh, and yep. and she's always trying to insert Georgetown 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 into the conversation right she knew she had no chance today so she's playing hooky <laughs> I think you're right great theory yeah. and uh, thank you for teeing it up I'm really excited about our guest today uh, he's somewhat new to running but uh, you know world ca- class athlete who went to Virginia uh, was in the NFL for a number of years. It's wide receivers coach Marquise Hagens. He's wide receivers coach for the University of Virginia's uh, football team. Uh, he's got a newfound love of distance running, and he's going to join us on the podcast today. There was a great article about him in the Daily Progress. You and I check the Daily Progress regularly. It's Charlottesville's uh, local newspaper. Great article about uh, Marquise and his running. Recently ran a marathon. I know. And so that's super inspiring. <laughs> um, by himself, you know, uh, no, obviously no marathons happening. He did. He went out and did one on his own. Dude, do, do not spoil this story. But if, if, if you're not sticking around to listen to this story, you're crazy. Yes. This is this is yep. amazing what he did. Um, yep. And it's it's hilarious. We're, we're having a, a former QB, former college QB, uh, NFL wide receiver on the show. And I think he has... <laughs> I mean, I'm going to set him up here, so he, he better be good. But right. I think he has the potential <laughs> to have like some amazing running stories, just everything that I've been reading. I know. I'm really excited. Yep. <laughs> I, I am. I'm, I'm super excited uh, to have Marquise on the program. Uh, I've been communicating a little bit back and forth with him. He seems really into it, and um, he's really uh, changed uh, the way he works out. Obviously, always been a fit guy the rest of his, uh, the, for, for all his life, but uh, is really – Taken, taken on running. So excited to talk to Marquise uh, Hagens. And 
to make it a little bit about us, you mentioned, you know, why Julie's not on the show because we talk about Virginia, and yeah. you and I ran track at Virginia. I mean, we were not the level of athlete that Marquise Hagens is, so us putting uh, ourselves in the same breath as him is 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 probably. Um, it's probably a mid- little misleading, but... Well, um, well it's fair to say know. that we shared the same facilities. <laughs> well, sort of. We can ask him about that, too. Yeah. Uh, I think the football locker room was a little different than the track locker room. I didn't mean to suggest that, that uh, our locker rooms were close to each other in, in stature <laughs> or geographically. Right. Uh, but, you know, we, we, you know we, we both know who Ethan Saliba is. Right, exactly. That's a good inside. <laughs> That's a good inside poll. Ethan's been there for quite some Dude, time. Farley, um, Farley, can I say um, that I, I watched the other night, and I'm sorry to get away from from our our guest here, but uh, they had UVA had the Jason Williford, who's a coach who who was a player when mm-hmm. we were in school, and and Malcolm Brogdon. And they they actually and these are basketball folks. Your basketball players. You're yeah, talking basketball about. Yep. from the basketball side. Malcolm Brogdon's in the NBA. Plays for the Pacers, and and they had mm-hmm. like a, a video conference uh, or a presentation with with these two guys on I think Tuesday night this week, and they talked about Ethan, and I was just like eating it up. I was laughing. That's I awesome. was like, dude, man, Ethan is an he he Ethan is like the the new Doctor McHugh. Yes. Yep. He. Uh, Ethan Ethan is legendary at uh, Virginia. You can see him on the basketball bench yeah. sitting next to Mike Curtis, the strength coach, who was there also. Yeah. Uh, so many insides. So, uh, uh, you know, Dude, uh, um, buckle, up if, uh, buckle up if you don't like Virginia on today's podcast. Uh, you know, maybe this show isn't just, for you. But, just tough uh, it if out. You do, yeah. If you do like Virginia, this one is going to be a good one. Hey, Chris, just, just uh, be careful dropping names. That last name you dropped almost crushed my toes. Oh, it did. It did. Which which one did I just drop? Well, I mean, you know, I I feel like we're we're just getting into the name dropping uh, <laughs> right territory. So just be careful. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so excited to have Marquise on the program. Uh, a couple other stories we'll get to later on after the interview. Uh, Arlington again is the fittest city. In all of the U.S., even though it's a county, we are uh, we were voted the fittest um, city slash county in the country. Um, I'm going to pat myself on the back for that and take a little credit. Uh, I think the podcast has a lot to do with it too. Yeah, well, I'm in the podcast, but also, do you think our our fitness challenge that we did? Do you think that contributed? <laughs> yes, I think I think that did. A number of Arlingtonians were uh, in the fitness challenge, yeah. uh, June's fitness challenge. So, yep, I think that contributed. Uh, also today, uh, program docs, we had some listener feedback that we got to touch on. Uh, we always appreciate hearing from the listeners. So we'll talk about, um, we'll talk about that. And then, um, if there's time, um, we've got other professional sports to talk about, uh, the, uh, baseball's back and it's not back without controversy though. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, baseball I don't know how that relates to a running show, but what the heck? We're gonna I, talk football and baseball a lot today, dude. I, I can I can make it relate to to running, oh, awesome. uh, and and we can just turn that baseball segment into uh, another Doc's rant, if you like. All right, perfect. I, I love it. That sounds perfect. All right, but before we get to Marquise, we do have some big news to share. Uh, one of our sponsors stepped up and is now sponsoring our hotline. So whenever someone calls in, it's now going to be the Random Row Brewing Company hotline. 
So Marquise will be calling in appropriately today. A guy who lives in Charlottesville will be calling on the Random Row Brewing Company hotline. A Random Row Brewing, of course, is at 608 Preston Avenue. They're Charlottesville's premier brewer. They brew their own beer right there in Preston Avenue in Charlottesville. So they will be sponsoring the hotline moving forward. So that's really exciting news. I like it. I, I, I like what they're doing. Does that mean that, that when you call me, I'm also on the uh, Random Row hotline? <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So the the random row hotline is is always open. So actually, funny you mentioned. Of course, Docs is calling on the random row brewing company hotline, and you call on the random row brewing company hotline every week. So added value for our friends over there on on random row. They, you know what? Now that you mentioned that, I got to go back and uh, we got to redo that contract with them. They are getting much added value as as during this pandemic. This is the the best thing that's going to ha- happening for them with Pace Nation. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was definitely smart on their part. Um, <laughs> right. I, I feel like we got uh, hoodwinked. Maybe maybe we should reserve the random row hotline for just our guests and and, and that's our, true. You know, like kind of like the red carpet and then you could just call me on like the hippo phone or whatever yeah that's true things we do best is kind of uh ferret things out on the uh on the actual show that which probably should be behind the scenes but oh you know, that's farley and i never talk to each other except for the <laughs> right, podcast yeah. this is the only time <laughs> right. we, we we get to talk well i am excited to talk to our next guest uh and joining us next on the random Robering hotline is Virginia's wide receiver coach, Marquise Hagans. He's new to running. He just ran a marathon. He's going to tell us all about it. He's going to join us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Docs, we're excited to be joined on the Random Row Brewing Company Hotline by former UVA football legend. I think it's fair to call him a legend. He's a former NFL (laughs) wide receiver. He's the current UVA football receivers coach. And most importantly, he is a current marathoner. It's Marquise Hagans. Marquise, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, man. Thank you so much. Such a thrill for... uh, us, you know, former UVA, uh, former UVA alum. We we were, you know, athletes at Virginia. To to have someone like you on our show, uh, it was just it was so awesome to to read about the story that uh, came out in the Daily Progress this past week. Uh, the story is, and I, 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 all our listeners need to uh, need need to read it. It's Virginia's receivers coach Marquise Hagens inspires others through his newfound love of distance running. Uh, so we want to talk, obviously, about that. But, uh, man, uh, before we get to that, it has been fun to watch UVA football over the last few years. Uh, so thank you for joining us, but thank you mostly for that. The ACC Coastal Division <laughs> champs, and you guys were in the Orange Bowl. I mean, we're not talking about docs. We're not talking about the, like the uh, Idaho Potato Bowl or the Belk Bowl. We're talking about the Orange Bowl. Um, how's it been? Yeah. How's the transformation uh, of this team been for you? Man, it's it's been it's been a, a hell of a ride, honestly. Yep. And you know, just grateful to be a part of you know, coach's staff and just what he's building. And you know, you you think about you know the first year and you know barely winning two games <laughs> and you know then barely winning enough to qualify for a bowl game and 
then the following year going and, you know, actually winning the bowl game and, you know, the next year, you know, qualifying for the Orange Bowl and playing in the ACC championship. Yep. So, um, man, those days are, are definitely more enjoyable than the, the early onset days. But, um, <laughs> man, it's, it's been a lot, of, a lot of progress and a lot of work uh, from a lot of people that don't get enough credit, mm-hmm. but just a group of guys, you know, coaches and staff included, who just worked every day to just just get better each day. And a lot of people didn't see the results initially in the first year, but it took time to build where we are now. And now it's almost like we're just breaking even, and now we got to get back to work and continue yeah. to build and grow from where we are. And that's not going to be an easy task, but that's what the program is now. But it, it is good to have a great feeling in Charlottesville with all sports and yep. to have football included in that. I mean, it really kind of completes the cycle. So excited for that it, it, it changes like the, how the, the everybody feels in charlottesville during the fall so we, we thank you for for that you know we we used to like you know we were always you um, know, excited about basketball but uh now uh, these yeah. hopefully these fall saturdays are going to be super exciting again this 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 season i hope so and there's much there's a lot of a lot more buzz in the stadium and mm-hmm. more you know electric energy so you know i don't know how this season's going to play out as far as fans and all that but you know, just to get back to the point of how that electricity in Scott Stadium and night games and, you know, day games, people showing up. So the fans have really come out and supported. And it, it was really, you know, we we haven't lost um, at home much, you yeah. know, 12 and 1 over the last two years. So, you know, that's really a, a great a great feeling to, to feel that confident at home. We don't lose at home. So that's that's been awesome. And, you know, it's also been awesome uh, this past year beating Virginia Tech. Um, you know, that. Mm. that at home. At home. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Docs and I graduated in 98. It's, now we're telling our age, Docs. I, we probably should have done that. But it's been <laughs> right qu- qu- quite a dry, dry spell uh, against Virginia Tech, right? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yes. So it was it was definitely good to, to end the season with that one. And, you know, they're, they're a good team and year in and year out. And, you know, you feel like so many years you were so close. And, you know, for whatever reason, they just end up pulling it out and, you know, this time, I think the players are really confident going into the game, and they played it all the way through. And it was it was an uh, amazing feeling to win the game, but it was also just to see how happy those guys were to be a part of, you know, reclaiming the Commonwealth. And so, um, yeah, that was that was a fun time, a great game, and um, I'm really happy for those guys, especially those seniors. They got to go out on on a winning note against Virginia Tech. So awesome, man. Well, uh, Marquise played uh, in the early 2000s, uh, quarterback. Uh, he played some quarterback, mostly I would say he played quarterback, played some wide receiver for, for Virginia. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I want to talk a little bit about that. We're going to get to your running. I'm really excited to talk about your running too, but, um, before, oh, before we, before we do, um, when did you know, like growing up, when did you know you were a, a, a an elite athlete who had a chance to play at like a great university like Virginia? Mm, I, honestly, I didn't really know. I just know like sports came really easy to me mm-hmm. at, a, at a young age and I played everything. Baseball, I mean, baseball was my best sport. Um, my mom gets on me all the time because she said I missed out on so much guaranteed money. <laughs> but um, <laughs> right. baseball, basketball, football, um, I just, it just all came natural and I, I could always throw. Like that's one thing mm-hmm. I could really do. I could, I was gifted with the, the arm to throw and a little bit quicker than most. And, um, just having the opportunity to make people miss just came natural. So all those things kind of played in the factor of playing football. But I actually took a break from football from eighth 
um, like seventh grade after seventh grade. I didn't play eighth grade. I didn't play ninth grade. And it wasn't until 10th grade where I came back out. Hmm. And by the end of my 11th grade year, I mean, this is before like stars and all that right, stuff. But right. I probably had, you know, anywhere from 20 to 25 offers. And um, it just became surreal that this was a real thing. And um, my senior year, when it came time to make my choice, it became more apparent that I would have a, a good shot to play in college and what I would become of that. Um, I didn't know, but I honestly, in my mind, never saw myself not making it to the highest level. Right. And when I got to college, I, I was surrounded by some really good teammates, uh, really good coaching staff, and I was able to, to live out my dream of making it to the NFL. So I would probably say probably about my second year in college, I realized that I really had a shot to, to play on right. the next level in the NFL. And and you're from this a factory of, of athletes, that Hampton, oh Newport News area. Did you ever run track and growing up? You must have. No. Right? Really? No, no, no. My mom, I'm telling you, we just <laughs> were having this conversation. She talked about the guaranteed money, <laughs> and then she talked about, I never listened to her about running track. Yep. And I realized that there were so many people faster than me. And I couldn't, I couldn't live with the fact that I wasn't the fastest. At least, like in basketball, baseball, football, like you have a chance to compete, <laughs> no matter who's the best, and try to say you have a chance to to outplay that person. Mm-hmm. But if we line up against any of us, line up against Hussein Bolt, I mean, there's no <laughs> right. chance. Like you just have no chance. Right. And I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable competing in a sport where I knew I wasn't superiorly gifted. So if I had knew what I knew now, though, looking back, I tell any kid he should run track because they should learn how to run. They should learn how to stretch. And it just gives you an opportunity on learning how to maintain your speed, which all a track is, is how how fast can you run and hold that 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 maximum speed. And I think it would have benefited me a lot more to have track in my resume and teaching me how to run and sustaining it and learning how to stretch and, and becoming more flexible. Well, you're making up for it now. You're, you're taking up distance running, so you, you are. You know, maybe maybe you needed a marathon back in the day, but, but oh my god, no, you you uh, you're, you're doing uh, running daily now. We're going to talk about that, but, but I, I'm just so I want to get in a couple things about Virginia. Um, early 2000s, you graduated uh, 2005. Um, tell me your best your 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 best memory on the football field uh, playing for the Virginia Cavaliers. It was probably Clemson in 04 when we played on my um, my junior, which technically be junior year, third year. We mm-hmm. say third, you know, yep, years at Virginia, but mm-hmm. but technically be it would be my junior year, and we played Clemson on national TV on a on a night game. I think it was a Thursday night game, and they were hyping Clemson up to be like one of the best teams in the ACC, and we just destroyed them, like <laughs> like beat the brakes off of them, and it, the crowd was so electric. You know, like there's a play where I threw the ball to, to Heath Miller and he made this adjusting like catch and switch the ball in midair. Like people always, they always oh, show on highlights. I think I remember and it that was, one. Yep. It, it was an amazing night. And that was at that moment, it was like, man, this is college football. Mm-hmm. And it was like that probably to me. And I know there's so many other moments that other guys are probably say, but that is probably my most memorable night just because we had so much fun. And that's when I kind of realized like what college football was all about. That's awesome, man. Well, you're back uh, in the college scene. You're a wide receivers coach at uh, University of Virginia. Uh, but before you, um, you know, took that job coaching, five years in the NFL. Um, now your mom wanted you the guaranteed do the guaranteed money on the baseball thing. I get it. I totally get it. But <laughs> but but being drafted by the St. Louis Rams. What 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 was that like? That's pretty awesome. 
it was a surreal feeling and you just you know they call your name but there's so many people who have helped you get to that point mm-hmm. and it's so many like emotions that you go through and days that you think about of giving so much and other people giving so much and you know from my mom taking me out to to rec league football to mm. my grandma taking me to you know high school tour days and you know just so much so many people gave so much to help my high school coaches college coaches teammates and it's just kind of like overwhelming like it just all hits you at once like you you've made it to the highest level of what that profession mm. could be you know kind of like the elite of you know, a military service, like everybody doesn't make that. Like some people enlist in service, but to be like an elite, like a, a Ranger or a Navy SEAL, like that's the equivalent of making it professionally. And it was like, it was a dream and I, and I, I made it. And so I, it's kind of hard to explain, but it was like yeah. one of one of the most gratifying days of my life. And so I'm, I'm very appreciative of everyone who helped me get there, but it was, it was definitely a happy time. That's awesome, man. And you played five years in the NFL, which is, you know, the light, the, the, you know, the, the usual life of an NFL player is probably a few years or a couple years less than that. Uh, Absolutely. I, I, I believe you took a snap as a quarterback at one point. I did. I, pretty I, cool. I took two. I took, well, I took, I took a couple. I took, we played Baltimore, like. And what team, what team were you playing for at that point? For the Rams. For the Rams. And it was okay. the first game I started in yeah. my NFL career. And we were playing in Baltimore, and I have a big family, and probably about 50 people came to the game. And both and both of our quarterbacks got knocked out of the game, so I had to go <laughs> in and get to, the game, to, to end the game. Luckily, we were at the end. I was kind of hoping if – I told him on the plane, I said, man, if y'all were both going to get knocked out, you should have did it like in the third quarter so right. I could have played a little bit of quarterback. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> and then in Kansas City, I had a chance to take a couple snaps at quarterback as well, so – um, just a little bit ahead of my time, yep. you know, if Russell Wilson had came before, I might, you know, still, you know, had a chance to be playing now, but I think everything happens for a reason. So I'm, I'm just appreciative of the fact that I got to play and the teammates that, um, I got to play with. So it was, it was an amazing experience. All right. This is a, this is a, a, a dumb question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Mm-hmm. So you're under center. You don't say hut, hut, hike. Like what do you, what, what do you say under center in an NFL game? Like what's the call that you would say? well everybody's different but you kind of give like colors like colors and numbers are big so Mm -hmm. you walk up to the center just basically say it's on one Mm -hmm. and you'll come up you'll say blue 80 Mm -hmm. blue 80 said hut and that's like a basic cadence okay so everybody has different variations of you know like you'll hear like red 90 you know sometimes those colors mean something to the offensive line sometimes they don't sometimes they're dummy colors or you know Peyton man in Omaha, Omaha right. checking stuff. Like every everybody has like words that mean something and then words that are dummy words. And so just depending on what system you play in kind of determines the cadence of Got you it. know the, the the cadence the quarterback and offense uses. Very cool. All right. Well uh amazing uh background on uh Marquise Hagans here um joining us on Pace the Nation. Um but we want to talk to you about your running. Uh, the article. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, go, go ahead. Okay, but then then I'll jump in. Yep. Because I have I have one football question. Yep. I'm listening. Also, is Chris pronouncing your first name correctly? It's actually Marcus, but I Marcus. Didn't want to okay. Oh, so. my that's, bad. That's what I thought too. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right. Good. good. Well, he he that's he hilarious. mispronounces everybody's I name, know. so this is so on so brain. Perfect. But, it's so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're um, number eighteen. I can't believe that. That is true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go 
that is that is that is Farley's gift. Yes. So you were a a former QB and now you're uh, coaching wide receivers. Whose fault is it when there's a dropped pass? That that is. That is my fault. <laughs> so it's the coach's <laughs> fault. It's the coach. I'll, I'll take responsibility for it, but I hold them accountable to it. So if there is a drop, I'll take the blame, and then I'll hold them accountable for it when we get back to practice. I like it. That's, that's too political of an answer. No, I like it. <laughs> but, I, um, I mean, listen, there's, there's one football. Most guys have two hands with the opportunity to catch the ball, so the odds are in your favor that you should be able to catch one object with two hands. And so a lot of times it's just it's just it's just lack of concentration. So most most drops take place when guys take their eyes off the ball. So a lot of things that we do in our off time is we really try to um, hone in on eye court hand eye coordination, and we are like relentless. Like if when we play on on Saturday, like even when we go to the hotel, we get 150 catches. And so like we'll normally go to a team movie. We get them before we go to the movie. We get them after we go to the movie. Saturday morning when we wake up, we get another 150. So they're always catching, just like basketball players. Like, they're always shooting. We're always catching. So the the group last year probably was the best that I had as far as keeping the ball off the ground. You know, Mm -hmm. technically, you know, we only had three drops throughout the whole season, which is really good. So um, actually it was the best in college football. Wow. uh, Pro football focus tells us. So that that culture of those guys really – you know, taking pride in that. And a lot, like I say, a lot of times drops just come because of lack of concentration, nothing else. And Docs, he played quarterback and receiver, so he's not going to blame one. He's not going to pick sides here. It's like choosing what kid <laughs> no, that's the, the point. Best. He's not going to choose what, that, what of his son he likes better. I mean, you just can't do it. I know. That's, <laughs> that's the point of the question is because usually QBs defend QBs right. and wide receivers defend wide receivers. But he, he's like – he's – part of both groups so you know if, if, if i'm the quarterback's coach it's the receiver's fault all right we're with marcus Hagens. i botched it again typical my uh, listeners who we've mm-hmm. done this show for five years they know i botched names so it's marcus H- no I, words I, at po- all po- apologize man uh we wanted to uh, get into to, to the running talk the article came out recently in the daily progress uh a great picture uh, of Marcus um, after after a run. Um, so you've taken up running. You took up running three to four years ago. What what made you take up running after your playing days? Well, after I played, like I gained a lot of weight, <laughs> and so one of the things no, I'm serious. My wife said I went from a receiver to an offensive lineman, and uh, <laughs> I wish I did. I was completely overweight, and right. so I, I think the thing with with most athletes, like once you finish competing, like what what do you find that 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 place that allows you to find that that connection as far as workouts? And I realized like lifting weights really wasn't the same anymore because you didn't have the same motivation to be in the same shape that the game required. So that really wasn't something that I could do on my own. Like I just didn't find the same passion. Mm-hmm. And then um, I tried running like right after, but it was just like for what? Like what are you running for? Like you don't you don't have to be in shape to report to camp. And it just like kinda put me in a bad place of like not working out and exercising and I, I really became overweight. Mm. And so um there was a young man um named uh Nat who was a baseball player who was coming to UVA. So we were living in New York at the time at, at the Bronx in the Bronx with mm-hmm. me and my wife. Mm-hmm. And so she worked at a school called Riverdale. And he was reporting to UVA, which, like you said, like you guys know, like you, you meet a Wahoo, like how can I help? Like that's all you, that's all you ask. That's what you're thinking. And so 
he needed to lose weight to report for baseball. And he asked, could I work, work with him every day to try to help him? And so through him is how I got back into shape, hmm. just lifting with him. And so I owe Nat a lot because <laughs> I really wasn't doing anything. And so he reported back. And then at the same time is when Coach London called me and asked me to come join the staff as a graduate assistant. So we actually came to UVA at the same time. And it was cool to watch wow. him play, uh, you know, his career. And then um, I went running one day with one of our assistant coaches. And it was just like, man, I'm not doing this. <laughs> and so Charlottesville is tough because there's so many heels. And so I tried so many different things. I tried Nike apps. I tried so many different things. But I never could find consistency. And so finally, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to master this running. And then I went out and I couldn't run a mile. Mm. And I just, I gave up again. I was like, man, this isn't for me. And so just to, to make a long story short, so about maybe about five years ago, I, I found the the, com- the consistency to start running. Mm-hmm. Like, wasn't really worried about time, just conquering one thing at a time. And so I got to the point, you know, I got to about two and a half, three miles consistently. And so fast forward about four years ago, I think I'm feeling good about myself. Like I'm not knowing about times and right. this, that, and the third. And then we, we go up to vacation and my, my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law are like, yeah, let's go for a run. And so I'm thinking I'm in a good place, you know, like yeah, I'm running two or three miles and it's going to be flat in Ocean City, New Jersey. Like I'm a crush no man. And within probably a half a mile into it, like I already knew I was in trouble because of the pace that they were keeping. <laughs> and so we made the first turn, which was about a mile in. And when I got to the turn, they were probably almost like a half a mile ahead of me. And when we got to the second mile, I couldn't even see him. Ooh. And so I was like, I was like, all right. And I told myself right then and there, I was like, now I'm going to get serious with it because I never want to be embarrassed like that again. You're, you're a you super know? competitive guy, obviously, to get to where you were. So that uh, has got to be tough. It, it drove me to no end. And so from there, that's when I just started, like, going. Like, if I'm going to do it, I'm like, man, I'm going to bust my ass every day. Yep. And so I fell in love with just the process of getting better, like going farther and then getting faster. And then, you know, with the, the pandemic kind of breaking out, it was like we we came up with this group, like this uh, guys that I played with. And we were like, all right, well, let's just all log into the Nike Run Club and let's log our miles every day and let's compete to see who runs the most miles at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And so, like, all right, that's a cool deal. So we added some people, you know, like, through social media. And, you know, like, that became the thing. And so when I got in that group, it was, like, the first month I probably ran, like, maybe 125 miles, 128 miles in a month. Wow. But I was in, I was in like, seventh or eighth place. So I was like, all right. So then the next month we did it again. And so we also have this thing in Charlottesville we call uh, Run the Streets of Charlottesville. So we run through uh, lower socioeconomic establishments, like, um, and but we bring the community together so everybody sees that. Like, everybody has a, a good idea of what Charlottesville is, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of, like, lower socioeconomic areas that people don't see. And so by doing that, we bring all type of ethnicities, both genders, uh, socioeconomic status from high and low, all together every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6 a.m. And we run four miles through the streets of Charlottesville. And wow. it is one of the coolest, it is one of the coolest things that I've ever been a part of, of my life. And you, I mean, we probably started with about six or seven people. 
at the beginning of the pandemic, it was a pandemic. It's probably like six or seven people. And two weeks ago, Friday, we had a total of 70 people. Wow. And so can anybody show up for that? That's incredible. Any, anybody, wow. anybody can show up. It is, it is free to the community. Okay. And it's part of us just bridging the gap of bringing people closer together through something that everybody loves to do in Charlottesville. So you might have a 16 year old, a 65 year old, and it's just, it is just unbelievable. It is the coolest thing. And so with that, the next month i was like i became really dedicated and so the next month i ran 250 miles and so that's that's when i really got like my mojo going and so i said all right now i'm going to try to get to 26. i want to run the marathon and so with everything everything still closed up there was no opportunity for that right there's no races there's no races so i started at 10 like i was doing 10 miles consistently like 10 10 10 knocking them out so i said all right let's go for 16. then i got to 16. And then I was like, all right, let's go for 20. And I got the 18. I failed the first time and I got the 20. <laughs> and so then once I got the 20, I was like, all right, I'm going to get 26. And so I went for 26 and I didn't quite get there. I got like 22. And so mm-hmm. then I got with our, our, our team nutritionist and said, I said, I feel like I keep, I keep going out. Like my legs keep down. I keep losing energy. And she said, are you taking any snacks when you run or any type <laughs> no of fuel? No supplements, anything. And I was like, nah. And she was like, well, that's your problem. And so she put together a plan the day before on what I should eat, what I should drink, and then the day of. And when I tell you, like, the huge difference in that oh, planning, yeah. it just, man, so when I hit the 26 mark, like, I really could have done, like, 30. Wow. But it, it just goes to show you, like, there is, <laughs> there, there is preparation into it, just like anything else. And once I got the plan on how to attack it and not looking at 26, I looked at 8 eight and eight mm-hmm. and once i got to 24 it was like the last two i just just went for it all and so it, it it man i can't tell you like how accomplishing that was but to have you know her help me with the plan my kids like motivating me pushing me like dad you can do it my wife like it just it meant so much man so yeah that's that's kind of how i arrived to where i am today i know that was a long no way. that was a great story so much to d- to kind of dive into there so july 18th uh uh, Marcus completed a marathon in four hours and 38 minutes, uh, you know, marathon 26.2 miles. Um, it's just, a, it's an incredible journey that you kind of went on your own where a lot of our listeners have done marathons and are saying, come on, we can help you. We can help you. Just, you got to take some nutrition, <laughs> some goose or gels or, uh, but along, yes. along, along the way of the, of the marathon, I mean, just being able to do it on your own is incredible. I'm telling you, you drop 30 minutes. If you had a, a group to do it with, I can guarantee where, where was your family out there watching you? Did you have your kids running with you? What, what was the, the day of the race like? It was me in darkness. So I started. We we had practice. We had practice uh, at like nine thirty. So I started at four, and just ran through the dark. And it was lonely, man. And just you, your thoughts, and your music. And so, um, my iPod. I mean, my my AirPods gave out. So (laughs) I hate running without music. So my last like three or four miles, I didn't have any music. So it was. But I was like, man, I I came this far. I'm 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 gonna finish it. Um, and my wife and kids didn't know exactly when I was going to do it. So I probably told like maybe two people mm-hmm. that I was going to do it. Just one person to hold me accountable and Enza because, um, she was helping me put my, my meal plan together for the day. So they were like <laughs> the only two that really knew. And so I just kind of sent my wife a text that morning of when I finished it. And she was just like so happy and shared it with the, with my boys. Cause they were out of town. They were in, in ocean city, New Jersey. 
And so they were just so happy, and it was it was such a gratifying feeling, man. It, like it's it's a, that is amazing. You know the, the, the what what generally happens with first time marathoners? They finish the Marine Corps Marathon or the New York City Marathon. There's tons of pageantry. Everybody's there to help them. You run a really good time, um, and then you're sitting with your feet up the rest of the day. You do it pitch black, making your own course up. Nobody there. Your family's out of town. And then you got to go to work afterwards. This is, this is insane. We went to practice and just kept it going, man. Like that. I think that's something too, like with, with running, like you don't necessarily need anyone to compete against because Mm -hmm. your run every day is your competition, whether it's the trail or whether it's a time. And it allows you to just kind of find like that, that dark place that mm-hmm. you used to have to go to for football. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned is there's such a community of runners and like there's all kinds of different levels. Like you might look at someone and be like, oh, that's a 60 year old person. Right. That person, either male or female, will dust you <laughs> if you if you if you don't have the right. They're like breaking four hours in the marathon. You're like, what? Oh, uh, yeah. oh, my gosh. Right. And so I, it's, it's become something that's become a passion of mine. And. You know, I just, I really enjoy it. Like, I see so many people out running. People join me all the time. And, you know, people asking me questions like, I'm an expert. I'm like, man, I'm no expert. I just, <laughs> I just didn't quit. Like, I just kept, I just kept running, kind of like Forrest Gump. Right, you know, I, just, right. I just kept running until I figured it out. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to have, or I shouldn't say privileged. Like, I'm really grateful to have people who are really reaching out now and trying to help me and, you know, direct me in right paths that can really not only help me become a better runner, but sustain um, better running techniques and how to take care of my body and goals and things to, to train for and in the next races and, you know, stuff like that. So it's, you know, it's been really fun, you know, to really find myself through running because when I started the quarantine, I was like 212 pounds right around there. Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm, I'm at 188. So, you know, I'm in, I'm in the best shape of my life. Wow. And, um, it's just been it's been really therapeutic and, and it, my players are excited about it too because i'm doing things that are really challenging which mm-hmm. i'm asking them to do mm-hmm. and they see it and so that's that's another thing man and when someone tells you like they're inspired by anything you do whether it's making a difference or just because they see you running like so many of my former teammates have reached out and started telling me like they've started running and so it's just it's been cool man and i think the thing that got a lot of people is prior to the marathon the previous week i ran 20 miles and then the next day i went and rode the bike for 100 miles from richmond to williamsburg and so i I didn't really know it was that big of a feat or accomplishment i just i've been wanting to ride the trail for a long time and so you know kind of like the same thing coaches coach minhall was like so you're gonna ride from richmond to williamsburg he's like do you uh have co2 cartridges do you have extra (laughs) inner tube yeah i'm like Nah, coach, I'm, I'm pretty much just going to wing it. You know, he's like, no. Nah. So he sat me down, showed me how to change the tire, um, got some tools for me and some, some cartridges. And so that that's a lot of it. Of, it's been a lot of who I have been even through running. Like, you want to go do 10 miles, just run it. But then there's, okay, how do you run 10 miles? Right. How do you recover from 10 miles? So I don't know. I just know I got to figure it out. We're going so to take you under the, our wing here. We love this. Uh-uh. Yeah. I, I greatly appreciate it. So I'm, I'm open to, to all feedback um, of how to become not only a better runner, but more efficient and sustainable. Yep. So I, I'm, I would say, even though I ran the, ran the distance of a marathon, I'm still like a beginner. I just, I just love to run. And now I'm starting to learn there's so much of a, a bigger world out there of information that I need to learn about that can help 
my running experience be more enjoyable and more challenging and just more effective. Yeah, you'll you'll be surprised how fast you'll be able to run with just some 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 little things. Um, I'm, you, you, I'm you, excited you, about you, it. You you mentioned Coach Mendenhall. A funny quick story. I met Coach Mendenhall when uh, we went to. I went to, I don't believe docs, you were there with me, but I, w- I was in Charlotte. So I went to uh, a treadmill gym, formula complete fitness. And he was in there working out, doing his treadmill workout. So he's obviously a runner. He's obviously leading by example for you and the other coaches too, with his own fitness, right? Absolutely. So we actually started that, like when they first opened, mm-hmm. like that first spring, we would all go together as a staff. Really? The, the, time, the times kept, um, uh, switching for us as offense and defense, so mm-hmm. it was hard to to line it up. Before about, I would say about four weeks strong, we went as a staff, like and just locked down that that twelve o'clock hour, mm-hmm. and we were just going in and and would just destroy right. us on right. the, on the treadmill and the burpees and all that <laughs> stuff. And yeah. so, I mean, it was it was actually a great workout, but it just stopped timing up. So a lot right. of times, coach ended up going by himself. So that's probably one of the times that you saw him in there. But when they first opened up, like that was, we were one of the first groups to really join and start uh, doing that twelve o'clock hour. Because she super actually cool. made a, a hour just for us, so we could all get in there at the same time. That's super cool, man. Finally, you you took Marcus's spot. <laughs> I know, probably, I probably, probably did. Probably. <laughs> um, and, and another thing, again, making it about us, stocks here. It's so funny that you had a challenge with your group. Uh, we did the same thing for our group who, of runners who ran at, at Virginia 20-some years ago. We had a dozen of us. But for perspective, mm-hmm. we all ran in, we all ran cross-country and, and track in college. But we added up our mileage. Docs, what would you say? Like 250 miles, I think that would have been – Dude, you would have crushed us. He you you and your group, I was, I was reading the article yeah. and all these, all these miles that you did. Yeah. Like, but you know, like you guys did a lot of running. We did. We were like throwing the football and, and kicking field right. goals. Right. We, we were. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we were getting points for. We were getting points for other activities. Where, uh, yeah. So, but 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 our our best runners were doing maybe maybe two hundred maybe. I mean, so when you were seventh, that you said you you did about one hundred and fifty. I was like, Docs did. You yeah. guys would have crushed us. I know. That's incredible. And and I don't know about that. One one of your boys, uh, Ahmad. Hawkins was mentioned in the uh, in the in the article. Um, so Docs and I were trying to figure out was he he was a receiver turned DB mm-hmm. was is that is that the were there two Ahmad Hawkins I can't remember. no 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 he's the same one he he okay. played both and um, when he went and played professionally he ended up sticking with defensive back okay. but he played both uh, he's a little bit older than me but we went to the same high school so, got it um, yeah he's he's in Charlottesville and he's a part of that group and wow man it's just it's been really cool. It's yeah. been, and even, think, you know, we, I think he was on the track team at UVA. Was he it? was, he was, okay. See, he, he was like he, a teammate. He, gets, he was, he gets a little bit of a pass because he knows really how to run. <laughs> right, so, right. you know, like, <laughs> you know, like I might run 10 miles and look up and it's, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to, to break the eight minute mark every right. once in a while. Like normally I'm gonna, in Charlottesville, I'm about nine fifteen, like nine minutes is my, mm-hmm. is a good pace for me with all the hills. Flatter, I'm more down to eight minutes and underneath that. He's running like 7.05 and, you know, seven-minute wow. miles and wow. at, at like 10 to 12-mile clips. So it's like I, I don't ever want to run with you because I'm not yeah. going to stay close to you. Right. But no. he's, he is a gifted athlete, and he was really talented at track. So. Uh, Docs, I don't think I, either of us would want to run with him either uh, at this point. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm washed up. impressive. Yep. 
Yep. So There's a few guys in many, our group that are like that. That's awesome. How many people are in your group? About uh, right now, the the Nike group there are forty people total wow. in the Nike group. Forty, group chat. holy and cow! Some, some Dude, from awesome. social media, and then most of them are just teammates, like guys we all play with or went to UVA. Yeah. So it's you know we're kind of protective about that. There's you know the Wahoo factor, and then there's a few. Yeah. You know, there's one team we won't let in no matter what. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's a good group of people though, and that's, so that's um, awesome, man. Yeah. Well, the community is the running community is amazing. I'm glad you've been a part of it. We're gonna get you out of here soon. I just have a couple more. Really excited to be with uh, with 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 Marcus Hagens. It's at Coach M Hagens on Twitter. Give him an instant follow right now. Um, so it. so. I, what was the route? I mean, Docs and I remember all the running routes we did. We'd run up O'Hill. We'd go what we'd call over the top, which would go back through Boar's Head and all this. Where did you run? Where were the paths? Because you're right. It is hilly, and there's no place that you can find that's not hilly. Where did you run? So uh, right in front of um, Emmett, like mm-hmm. in front of the McHugh and all that. So there's probably about a, a, a loop worth of a mile in front of um from the McHugh to what used to be the cabin mm-hmm. to where uh, barracks is. So I wanted to try to get like the first 10, like as flat as I could, because at least I know if I can get the first 10 flat, then the last like 16, like I could deal with the hill. Right. But I had to get the first 10 flat. So I basically just kept making that loop, loop for the first 10 miles. Over. Got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then once I made that, then I went from McHugh. So now there's a bridge that connects from, where we practiced to Lambeth mm-hmm. that goes behind there, which kind of took me up through uh, to, to rugby, made a left on rugby, made a right on Grady. And it takes me all the way downtown past the amphitheater to what um, city walk is now where they built the new extension behind the, the downtown mall. So I kind of took that all the way down and came back up, went through grounds, which probably ended me at about, 18 mm-hmm. 20-ish mm-hmm. and so then i went back like towards rugby went down there's a like a intramural soccer field um that they built right across from what used to be the cabin yep. kind of looped that twice to get me to 20 i think it was about 22 23 and then i went back to the loop that i originally started and then just ran that until i got into 26 Amazing, man so I'm I'm not I'm not good at like retracing right. when I run like right. I, I hate to retrace I like to always be moving and like a a big loop that brings you back to where you started and yep. so that first ten was was hard because you just kept looping the same, same track over and over, over again so yeah, it's like running um, around a track yeah but you're right it is it flat was 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 probably pretty crucial that was the only thing I could think of that yeah. I could get flat and close to a bathroom which you guys know is important when you run <laughs> and, right? and, and, you gotta, and you gotta have your snacks and your nutritionals along the way too so you probably have you those too. out yeah so uh, i i ordered like my ahmad had told us about these tights that had like these different compartments there you go where you could stash stuff so those came in friday afternoon so that yep. was big too because i ran saturday morning so all that stuff played a big factor yeah that's awesome um, so, you know, you, you've, you've transformed You're 190 pounds. Now you're on your way to being an offensive lineman after playing, after your playing days, but now you're a fit 190 pound runner. Um, talk about the transformation though, mentally, and how's it helped you in your job? Cause I'm sure it has. 
it's like a place of peace. And mm -hmm. so, it, you know, I had to learn too, like when am I the best runner? So 12 o'clock, I can't really help you out. Mm -hmm. It gets hot outside. I'm not a good runner. In the evening, I'm pretty good. Mm -hmm. But at five o'clock in the morning, like I'm, I'm at my best. Mm -hmm. And so there's no phone. Nobody's texting you or calling you at five in the morning. And so one of the things that I've also learned too, is that I get to enjoy the, the sunrise. And so it's just like a place of peace. Like I start, you know, about 5.15, 5.30. And, you know, the night before I kind of have an idea of how far I want to go, which I have three different routes that kind of cover those mile, those mile distances. And then I just get and go. And, you know, one thing my granddad always told me, um, you got to beat the sun to work. Anything you want to be the best at, you got to beat the sun to work. Yep. And so that's just always something. I've always been an early riser. And so... I found out that's when I run my best. So you can you can find me like I'm an early morning runner. And I found that people at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, you, you get more phone calls, you get more oh, text yeah. messages. It, it throws you off. But at 5 o'clock in the morning, there's nobody bothering you. Nobody that's whatsoever. Awesome. Yeah. It's just you, the darkness, and the sun when it decides to rise. So that's that's kind of like my place of peace. And it gives me that, that calm and accomplishment before I step in the office and, and start my day. You're talking about some of the the running groups. Have you ever run with proli with the prolific group? That's that's the group that I run with. Um, that runs uh, runs Charlottesville, run these streets. So yeah, oh, it's the, the same thing. Mm -hmm, it's right. the same thing. That's the name <laughs> of the group, and the name of what we do is called Run the Streets. Cool. I got you. All right. So so then the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, I run with those guys. They're good group. Dumb of guys. question. It it sounds really cool, and I I don't know Farley if 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 you've heard of this, but like they also like um the the community like lifts each other up so they they run in different groups and like at every mile mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. they stop and wait for the other people to come oh, wow. you know to, to catch up for the group to catch up so there might be like you guys might be doing like push-ups or something like that while you're you're regrouping again right so it's not like stringing out like that run that you had with your sister-in-law and brother-in-law right. no so on this one like our our whole model is nobody gets left behind mm -hmm. so even like say we have a person that's going to finish a mile in 14 minutes and a person that's going to finish in eight minutes so that person that finishes in eight minutes will probably get to the mile marker probably do some push-ups or something and then we'll eventually either go back to get that person or if they're close enough where they're getting close to finishing that marker that mile marker then we'll just think like everybody will start encouraging and clapping that person to finish but there's normally like we take turns like for the not I shouldn't say slower runners that's disrespectful mm -hmm. but the runners who are um, not at at the same level as everyone else mm -hmm. we go back and get them and we take turns at different mile markers and so just through trial and error we found that there are some people in our group who like to walk and due to injuries or just their capacity so now we've kind of given them an alternate route to try to time up on the third mile marker. So they can so they can finish with everybody, and then there's almost like two to three groups within one running session. So there's always the guys that are up front and ladies too, who are extremely fast and have great times. Then there's like the average pack where most of the people are, and then there's like the the pack that's kind of like at the end that that for injuries or whatever reason the capacity just haven't built, and so they kind of have like a different path that allows them to catch up by the third mile, so we can all finish together on the fourth mile. And it is it is unbelievable. It is it's one of the cooler things. And so the other thing we found out, because a lot of people struggle from mile two to mile three. So we also added another mile for those like elite runners for us to add an extra mile. So then we can all time up together at mile three as well. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. 
So that, because so many people were like, ah, I, w- I want to run more. You know, I feel like, you know, so we added an extra mile. Now it's, it's almost like perfect. Like the walkers, like the people who want to walk, they just want to be out there. They have a certain path. The, the people who are don't have the same capacity, the time's up now with a different path for them. And then the people who want more miles, we've added that. And then also, too, there's a group that after we finish our, which now is five miles for us, once we finish that, we normally run like an extra two or three miles just to get that that urge. Because people who really want to run, like four miles is kind of like an appetizer. Mm-hmm. So um, we've added that part too. Once we finish and take the picture, then we go add a, another three or four miles, even five miles sometimes, depending on how we're feeling. It, to me, it's, it's so amazing how... You know, you talk about how you're not an experienced runner or, or you know, there's still things to learn. You, you don't have these barriers that we might have when it comes to organizing a group like this or getting together and doing these things. I, I feel like it's it's allowing you to to approach the sport in a in a very out of the box, creative way, doing these awesome things that, that honestly would n- never have occurred to me that just sound awesome. I, I, I love what you guys are doing down there. It is awesome, and it just, like I said, it brings so many, you know, especially at a time of the pandemic, but also, like, a lot of the racial inequality things that mm-hmm. were going on, you know, during this time that we've been yeah. in the pandemic. So it's allowed for conversation, you know, opportunity for people to listen, education, and it just, like, there's certain things that bring people together, like food, sports, and with Charlottesville, is such a running town. Like, it doesn't matter. I remember in college, like we might be hanging out and coming home at, at two thirty in the morning. There was always <laughs> people running. somebody running. It could be <laughs> the true. biggest the hurricane. Yep. You yep. could, yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. It could be the biggest hurricane in the world coming through Charlottesville. People are still running. <laughs> it could snow. People are still running. So Charlottesville is really has been for a long time a running town, and so that is something that everyone does like independently. They have like their own like silos and groups. But when this started, that was our goal to try to bring everybody together. And at first, like I said, we started it was like six, maybe eight people. We were just looking at some pictures the other day. And now, you know, they're taking pictures and 70 people are there. Like, wow. that's amazing. And, you know, we're running through neighborhoods that a lot of people didn't know existed. And so we're just breaking down so many barriers. We're having conversations that most people normally wouldn't have or think to have, or have the opportunity to have, but we've created that that platform and eliminated that barrier just because everyone has the same passion and love for running, which allows that openness to happen, listening and education. And just, it allows not only for us to get a good workout, but it allows us to show solidarity as a, as a, as a town of Charlottesville and also put us in position to help make change and, and understand that we're all different, but there's certain things that we all share that we are very similar. That's that is really awesome. It's run the streets. Do you have a place that we can go to get more information? Because Docs and I are going to meet you there at six o'clock one of these times. Come, man, we would love to have you guys down there. Is, love, is there is there a w- website or you, they they always meet at, at Jefferson, right? Okay, at right at right at Jefferson. Okay, and so yeah, um, there is a hashtag, and I'll I'll send it to you. Yeah, you can send it to me, um, and we'll, we'll tweet it out. We'll tweet it out at Pace the Nation. You can you can uh, DM me the the hashtag, and we'll get, we'll get it out there. That you know, and so important, you know, from my perspective, and uh, as as someone who owns running stores in the, the Virginia D.C. area. Our sport, the running sport, the distance running sport, it, you're you're talking about a lot of people who weren't exposed to this with, with these programs that you're doing, which is so not only now during the pandemic, it's more important than ever for people to get out and be active, but 
you know, a lot of these kids that you're running with wouldn't be exposed to running, right? That is very true. And I think that that is something that has really allowed us to really build on the opportunity and kind of build momentum. And so, um, I mean, I had a teammate who, like when he started um, running with us, he, he struggled to finish the first mile. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we were laughing uh, last week. He completed each mile at under uh, 945. Wow. So it's it's just been it's been cool and and just fun to be a part of and witnessing other people accomplish things and be a part of it. And, you know, there's, there's a, uh, a, a guy on our staff who was a, a player last year who's, you know, working in our recruiting department mm-hmm. and he's joined. And so now last week he ran his first 10 miles and he asked me to run with him. And so just being a part of that and watching him get to like 9.9 <laughs> and then just watching him sprint the last, you know, 10th of that mile, like it was just, unbelievable and so you know a lot of guys on staff we've we've actually been held up the last couple of weeks because we're back in doing uh football stuff and so we're trying to protect the bubble so i haven't had as much many opportunities to get back out with the the group as i would like Mm -hmm. um because i just have to be safe and protecting the team but when we hopefully get cleared and get back out there man i I can't wait so you know i'm I'm back to running you know more by myself now but i can't wait but just watching them grow you know, like sometimes I'll time my run, my run up so I can kind of pass them at a distance just to try to see them. Um, cause they, it means a lot to be a part of that group for myself and just to see the, the progress that we've made in the lives that we're changing, man, it, it's, awesome. it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It makes your day. No, no doubt, man. Um, go, going back to that article in, in the, uh, daily progress, you, you recommended getting a good pair of tennis shoes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So could could you could we could we consider influencing you to to use the term running shoes? That's true. I do a running stores. I got to get them in running shoes. That's right. That that is that is something that is embedded in me. I will have to change that. I apologize. <laughs> I started to say a good pair of sneakers, but right. you know what's funny? So somebody else said that too, like a couple of days ago. It was like, man, you you run in tennis shoes or do you run in running shoes? And I know. I was like. I was like, "What?" Mm-hmm. But I, I, that in, makes sense now. That yeah. makes sense. I, I will. I will change the lingo on that. I promise. <laughs> gotcha. Put running some running shoes. shoes on. Four hours is no barriers. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, you, you also said that you were you were looking for maybe some other running challenges, and and I just had a thought, like based on the number of people in your uh, your your running group, your 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 Nike group, or your you know your online thing have you guys ever heard of or thought about doing any team relay races no but i heard someone talking about that um on the interview Mm -hmm. uh that i think that would be pretty cool i I think that would be awesome and yeah if you have any information to share i think i think the guys would be up for that especially the guys here um in charlottesville or you know whoever I, i think that would be a really cool idea it, it, it really yeah. is. There's, there's a number of Ragnar relays are, are probably the most popular, but it's like, you know, you've been on a team all your life. There's nothing like being on a team and, and, and getting a little taste of, uh, of what you miss just being part of a team. And these relays are really cool. So we'll, yeah, we'll send some yeah. recommendations your way. That, that would be awesome. I think that, I think the guys will be up for it. Yeah, Chris and I have done a bunch of those over the years and you know, you just get like 12 guys and, uh, you know, you're in a, you're in a couple vans for 24 hours. It's, and it's it, like, 
it's really challenging but but the mileage you guys are putting up I, that was like something i thought i was like oh maybe i just maybe you guys would be up for doing that I, I, docs i don't want to compete against their team they're going to smoke our team who all ran in college uh, <laughs> I, I don't know about <laughs> that but I, I am literally going to text the guys and say yeah what do you guys think about that i think that would be something we'd be up for we just like you say have to find the the race that fits everyone's schedule right. and is there is there something like where you could do like online like you know i, I know uh sometimes uh people talk about like kind of how we do the nike app yep. like one lady was saying like she heard of of something where like with exactly what you're talking about but instead of like having it lined up like that actual day of when everyone's together like you kind of just post your time they've done it virtual, your relay yeah. and and measure it towards other people. Other, so yep. maybe so that might be something yep. we could do. So as they've well. done that with uh, with Ragnar relays. That a, a number of have gone, of, of them have gone virtual um, during the pandemic. There's yeah that, that they're not putting them on, so they're putting them putting them on virtual. So we'll have to yeah. We'll I mean, with this that. is this That's is something as cool. well. Like if you were gonna do if you were gonna do like an actual relay race like this, you, you know, you push it off till next year, next June, next July. Find something. Yeah. Uh, I, I just feel like based on, on the stories I've read and, and, and you talking today, I feel like it's something you might actually enjoy doing. Uh, so I thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah. Have, have you guys ever done like triathlons? I, I've done one. Um, I just like to, I like the running, I, you know, I, 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 I just, because the, having the bike and swimming and all that stuff is just, I just like to go out and like you, you, you go out at 4am and you just, you go and then you, you know, you go, you go to work. So oh, man. No, I, I, I would drown. <laughs> he would drown. But I'm not I a have big swimmer either. I've yeah. done them. I, mean, I, think I did a, yeah. I did a team relay, like a team relay out at Walnut Creek, uh, a few years back, where where somebody else did the swim, somebody else did the bike, and I did the run. That's as close as I've gotten to to participating in a triathlon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my brother-in-law was trying to get me signed up for Ironman this year, but I, I, the, the the swimming. The swimming, um, with the, yeah. I mean, you could do the running and biking, man, because you did the hundred mile bike. I'm mean, the swimming uh, on on Ironman. It's you know like three miles. You can't it's, fake it. You can't. That's the fake thing. That. You can't fake You'd it. You'd be able to do the other two. Uh, mm. I, but if you can do one, man, I mean, just yeah, I, I'd say get it done while while you're fit. Now, I, I, yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Don't don't wait till you're old and washed up like <laughs> us. Get all your <laughs> fitness goals done now. Right. All right. Well, you mentioned the team. Um, we gotta ask before we let you go here. Are we? And I, I know you don't have the answer. Are we gonna see you play on Saturdays this uh, fall? I think. I think everything would indicate that we're working towards that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't sit in those chairs at yeah, the top yeah. of, of of the decision makers. So I think it'll be a daily thing. I think today it'll be completely different than right. next Thursday and the following Thursday. I think it's a fluid situation, and I do think a lot of it will depend on how the country, you know, fluctuates or goes up or down as far as the numbers. Mm -hmm. And so we all love sports and, you know, love coaching it, but I, I want people safe. And if yeah. that means we have to take a back seat to football for a while until we figure it out, I'm all for it. And if we get the green light and they say it's safe enough for us to play, then I'll I'll give the season everything I have like I always do. Yep. And so I, I wish I had a definitive answer, but I, I honestly, I, I don't know. We're preparing to play um, our first game of the season against whoever that is. Like we're getting in shape and training and practicing, but 
you know, I, I can't guarantee you that the season will be played, and I, I can't guarantee you that it won't. I guess that's a political yeah. answer, but I, <laughs> that's it's, what you got, it's, man. It's, it's, it's honestly the it's, it's the God's honest truth. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know it's it's tough, man. Well, it's such an important part of of every. I mean, it's a it's just an important part of our culture, an important part for Charlottesville for for the kids that you're coaching. I, I mean, it's just we all really hope as as fans of football, as fans of just, just, you know, culture for fans of American culture. We hope that it can happen. Um, hope so so we're, we're hoping, man. All right. He is the seventh all time passing leader at Virginia, 4,877 passing yards, man. Docs, do you think we've had a better uh, quarterback on the show before? This is probably the top quarterback we've had, right? <laughs> we've had a few other I, UVA I, guys, but uh, I think probably top quarterback. Man, I, I feel like I got cheated, man. I, I had so many good running backs in my day, man. Good <laughs> offense a lot. We ran the ball so much. I told yeah, you would have been up there further. Like, Yep. I was like, Coach, we had just spread it out, man. I said, I could be top two, but, right. man, you always right. want me to hand the ball off to these NFL running backs. So we joked yep. about that. But I now I'm, 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 I don't really take yeah. stats and all that stuff seriously, man. And I encourage, and, you know, even like when Bryce first came in, I was just like, man, I hope you break every record in the record book. Because yeah. it's, it's not about one person, man. You just – I'm just a person who loves to see other people have success and happy. So yeah. um, I, I am, man. I, I yeah. really don't – that stuff doesn't matter to me. Just who I am to my teammates, who I am to my my players and my family, my friends. Like that's all that matters. At the end of the day, you know, accolades, are accolades. But who you are to me, and you know, who's in your life. Like that's the most important thing. Totally agree, man. Well, it's been an honor and a, and a real fun interview. Really a privilege to have you on the show. Uh, really appreciate it, man. Um, we want to we want to check in on on what you're doing there in Charlottesville on a run when when we can. Docs and I will come out there. Uh, we'll introduce ourselves, and uh, we got to follow up with you when, once we get you in a uh, you know like a regular a real marathon when those things are happening. Man, four hours is going to be a breeze for you to do. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get you well, closer to three thirty. I would imagine. Well, that'll be the goal, but I, and I'll tell you if, like I said, if things open up and you guys have one that you like to do, man, I'm, I'm, if as long as it fits within the schedule, yep. mostly the summer is better for me. Yep. Um, because spring is spring football and then recruiting, so you know, mo- mostly the the end of June and most of July is normally when we get our opportunity to have a break and vacation time. So if it's somewhere around there. Okay. I'm all for it. What, what, but I, I would love yeah. to get. I would love to get with you guys. We and, put on. We put on a number of races. We put on a marathon. Um, we'll have to figure out. We'll we'll, we'll figure out something for you. It'll, it'll be really fun I'm, to for, for our listeners and our, our customer base to follow you as well. So I'm. I'm uh, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank there you for thinking of. Me. All right, man. Well, there there he goes. That's Marcus Hagens, number eighteen. He joined us on Pace Nation. We're gonna take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Marcus Hagens for joining us. It's at Coach M. Hagens on Twitter. Give him an instant follow. What a great guy. Really fun interview. A thrill for us, right? I mean, Oh, dude, I was awesome. so, so, so stoked. And, and, like, you know how negative we've been the last <laughs> few weeks. Right. Uh, it's, it's awesome to have somebody with such positive energy um on, on the show pace the nation needed that no doubt i agree man and he was so gracious with his time the whole time he's like eh, no no i got time i got time i felt badly i mean there's yeah 
the, the, you know, the, as we approach August here, you know, the, those guys are gearing up and I know they work around the clock this time of year, you know, so the fact that he gave us uh, that amount of time was, was, was pretty awesome. And, yeah. and he's a heck of a runner too, man. Holy smokes. No, no doubt, man. Put it, he's putting up more mileage than I am, I know. Uh, which is, which is inspiring. You yeah. know, we, we should go out and, and, and get some miles in today. I know. I want to, I, I, I wanted to say, can I get in, in the spreadsheet? But then I hear the mileage he's putting on. I was like, no, nah, I don't, I don't want to be embarrassed by his group. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> he is, he's shocked, but it, it's crazy that the, the football players from UVA are putting up bigger numbers than the, than the cross country team from UVA. Yes. Yes. I know. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It is. It is. We, sh- we should be embarrassed. Right. But you know, he, he also talked about this. I mean, like when you asked him to be on the show, his, his response was like, almost, it was so humble. It was like, why me? I don't know anything about running. Right. And you know, he, he mentioned that a couple of times. I mean, he's, he's looking for tips. You know, he went out running without nutritionals. Like right. he's, he's, he's such a novice at running because, and, and you know that, and you know that it's genuine because nobody, uh, who has been running for all these years that we've been running would ever attempt to run a marathon at four in the morning by themselves on an unmarked course. Right. Uh, <laughs> that just seems right. so foreign to me. With, and with he just a, went out and did it. With work at 9.30. He's got to go to work. work at 9.30? And it's not like he's sitting behind a desk at work. I mean, he's moving around. I know, he's bringing yeah. energy. I mean... <laughs> If yeah. I'm going to run another marathon, I need to do it in between jobs, you know, with like two <laughs> right. years in between jobs to recover. Right. And this guy's like, I better finish this marathon soon because I got to get to the to the football practice fields. Yes. It's amazing. It's so awesome. It was. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, so really enjoyed uh, Coach Hagen's uh, joining us. Um, really cool. So we'll have to follow him and. I can't wait to see what he does in, in a in a what we would call a, a certified regular marathon. I think he's going to really surprise himself. All right, we mentioned from the top of the show, Docs, that there was some listeners' feedback, and I'm just dying to know what it is. I'm like frantically Googling and, and, and going through all the review sites, and I don't see what you're referencing, but there was some listener feedback. What's going on? Yeah, well, I mean, like, first of all, just to go behind the curtain, if if I tell you what my segment is about, you'll just push it to the very end, and and then sometimes right. you like Matt Damon me and say we don't have time for for my stuff. Right. So I intentionally didn't right. give you this feedback for for a few reasons, um, but yeah, I, I got some feedback about our conversation that we had last week about uh, whether or not Shelby Houlihan's American record should should stand as an American mm. record. Uh, for anybody yep. anybody who doesn't remember, I, I William Docks, couldn't think of a reason why it shouldn't count as an American record. But but both Farley and Julie uh, were were on record. Maybe I don't know if you guys were on record, uh, but uh, I, I I think I was on record. I don't want to speak for Julie, but I was on record being yeah. on the other side of the argument for sure. Right. You 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 were saying some nonsense about how it was too <laughs> controlled of an environment for it not to count as a uh, a race even Correct. though even though they had official timing and did everything as if it's a normal race. Not nonsense, too controlled in my opinion. Yes. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. No, it's okay. So, uh too controlled. So, I I have I got three text messages from people 
that that want to pose these questions. And it's too bad Julie's not here because I would love for her to chime in on the last one. The last one was for her, but I'll let you speak for her since you do that so well. Uh, (laughs) Julie's his wife. Right, right, right. For those new to the program, yes. Yeah, for anybody new to the program, Julie's a, an Olympian. She's Farley's wife, and mm-hmm. uh, she she her favorite thing is when Chris speaks for her. Right. So, oh, it is. <laughs> since since the American record shouldn't count for a closed race, does the breaking three race count for a sub three hour streak? <laughs> oh, um, wow! I haven't thought about that. Yeah, um, so so for anybody also new to the program, Farley has run sub three hour marathon for I don't know, twenty years except for one 21. year when he didn't do it. Twenty one years. <laughs> so there's an asterisk. And and he a couple years ago he, he didn't have the streak uh going into you know, he missed out in November and, and in December Pacers running uh put on a race at Haynes Point where correct. Farley was the only entrant and then there were, you know, other pacers and, and, and people jumping in. And, you know, there's a, there's a whole thing about it. And we did a show about it. You can go back and listen to it. Uh, so the question, you know, stands to Farley, does, does your, is your streak over? So here's, I think there's a little bit of, of a difference between an American record that is uh-huh. in the history books versus okay. my, dumb, my dumb streak. Okay, so I think fair enough. Let me go to question should, number two then. <laughs> there should probably be a little bit of. I think you can have different set of of a different set of standards for my record versus their okay. record. Okay. 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 Great. Thank you for walking into that <laughs> mouse trap. Let me go to question number two. Okay. Since since the American record shouldn't count for a closed race, did Roger Bannister ever break four minutes in the mile and set a world record? Um. See, now you're just getting, uh, you're just trying to get me caught up in some sort of semantics. This is like lawyer speak here that I'm not, I'm not, I don't appreciate the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they're trying to like, I, I, I see what they're trying to do here. Uh-huh. Um, they're, they're yes, trying Roger, to prove how ridiculous your point was. <laughs> so yes, Roger Bannister's record should count. Of course. Okay. okay. So, yes. we're, so it depends if you're British or, or American. Okay. So. <laughs> Uh, in in 2000, in the year 2000, uh, one of our friends found his way into a closed race at T.C. Williams High School, local high school. Yep. It was a meet set up by Gags, who, who you and Julie uh, yep. both know very well, and, and you always say how he could do no wrong. He Family set friend. up a, yep. a local race that was professionally timed. The meet was just one event for three of his milers that were trying to uh, qualify for, for U.S. Nationals. One of our friends just happened to find out about it, and he begged and begged and begged his way into the race. Otherwise, it would have been a race strictly for three Enclave members. Now, I'm told that this is not unordinary pre-pandemic. So mm-hmm. do you have any issue with Gags putting on this race for his individuals to qualify for Nationals? I think there's a difference. No, I don't. I think there's a difference between an American record and being, you know, setting a, a or, or accomplishing a time to get into a, a national championship. I just think there's a difference. I think there should be a higher standard set for the American record. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and that's my opinion. 
Okay. Well, your opinion is wrong, and and I want to thank our listeners for for pointing out some things that I should have thought about uh, in the moment. Who are these? Who are these listeners? Who are <laughs> well, these? Well, the listeners? last one, the last one, you should know. Uh, oh, okay. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But the the other ones, idea. you know, you know, I have the other idea. ones, I don't know. Uh, right. I, I thought those were very good points, and I, you know, I just thought that it was kind of kind of worth bringing up this week and 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 giving some. You know, shout outs to our listeners. Thank you very much for your diligence. All right. Well, I appreciate. I was hoping for some. You know, I usually like listener feedback when it's, you know, <laughs> giving us props and jocking they, us, not calling me on the carpet. Yeah. Uh, but that's fine. No, no we'll take all all sorts of feedback. There's there's some other listener feedback that that says that you are just the greatest Farley and and your running there you form go. is that, perfect. Yeah, keep and, that coming. And keep that coming. Pacers is wonderful. Yeah, I yes, got that thank, too. Thank but. You. Thank you. All right. Well, let's transition from this conversation. This podcast, of course, is brought to you by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with six area D.C. locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, we just had our guest, Marquise Hagens, on the Random Row Brewing Company hotline, Random Row Beer, 608 Preston Avenue in Charlottesville. But, of course, you can get Random Row Beer at coldcountrysalmon.com if you're in the Virginia, D.C. area. Um, well, so speaking of the D.C. area and Virginia and specifically Arlington. So once again, Arlington County has been named America's fittest city in the annual American Fitness Index, a rankings that's published by the American Collegiate uh, Sports Medicine Anthem Foundation. Uh, it is a docs. It is a science-based fitness index. At least that's what the article I'm I'm reading says. So it's science-based. Arlington County is number one in the entire country. Science is on our side. Yes, it is. You can go to AmericanFitnessIndex.org to uh, you know to get more details about uh, America uh, America's fittest city, Arlington County. So okay, number um, one. Number, Number one, one, we did it, everybody. We did it. Um, we did it. How many votes do you have on this, and what percentage <laughs> of the total votes does that count for? I uh, I vote as many times as I can, and that's only once. Internet but it voting only counts as one. Yeah, internet voting. Uh, you just delete your cookies and vote again. <laughs> I do. I use uh, Firefox. I use uh, yeah. Chrome. I use Safari. Oh, yeah. Okay. No. 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 I only vote once, but they Arlington, Virginia. Let's not. Uh, Bury the lead here. Arlington, Virginia, overall rank number one. Personal health rank number one. Uh, community health rank number three. Uh, just to just to let you know what the other, but that all together, aggregated together, came in number one in the country. Number mm-hmm. two was Seattle, Washington. Uh, number three was Minneapolis, Minnesota, and all the way at number six. Not all the way. Uh, str- a strong ranking at number six was Washington D.C. So. Uh, DC, Arlington, <laughs> are two, two of the top, uh, two of the top six. So where where does Charlottesville uh, really rank on the list? Because I feel like they should they should be a contender. You know they they have Richmond at forty six. I'm not sure why. Um, you know Chesapeake, Virginia seventy five, Virginia Beach twenty eight. So the Norfolk uh, thirty eight. So 
they, they didn't have. Uh, you telling have Charlotte's me Charlottesville wasn't in the top ten? I, I I question the science now. Science based, science based. Uh, Charlottesville is is probably up there, but I'm not sure what uh, science based metrics that they didn't meet. But uh, it is. It is a scientific fact. Arlington County, number one <laughs> okay. city, fitness city. I, I mean, I, I feel like we contributed to this. I, you're saying science so much. It makes me feel like I should be questioning the science. You're, you're, you're <laughs> laying on the word science way too I am. I am. You're right. But you know how, um, you know, how vociferously much I love. Is vociferous the right word? How much I love Arlington County. And well, that's I, true. I, yeah, I I want to uh, I want to highlight the fact that we were number one, and I'm proud of it. And I I want to take a little credit for it too. I actually got well, a number of t- texts. I got a number of texts when this came out that mm-hmm. uh, were were congratulating me. So my brand of Arlington, my brand um, being aligned with Arlington County is is strong. People understand that that's that's part of my brand. So that's uh, your, thank that's you for your all those texts. Yes, it uh, is. I, I just, I, I mean, I, I know, I know that you, you probably contributed a little bit with, with your store and, and, mm-hmm. and the community that you've built and, you know, all, all these great things, Pacers, but, you know, depending on when they did the measurements, I, I got really fit in June because of our Kai Chai <laughs> fitness challenge. So, That's true. so I also feel like I, I contributed, you know, and, and if they were measuring yeah. this scientifically, they probably... Uh, you know, the fact that I dropped all that weight and got ripped and, and, uh, fit, you know, I, I feel like that also had a lot to do with what uh, was I, I absolutely so, think that had, I mean, it, that was June. This, this, uh, report came out in July, July 14th is when I first heard of it. So yeah, yeah I, I absolutely think that's the case. That strong push I, I did at the, at the very end of June where I just did pu- pull-ups until my arms fell off. That, that probably pushed us over. Who got second place, you said? Seattle? Washington, Seattle, yep. Yeah, take, Seattle, oh, the, the, uh, uh, Seattle, take that, Seattle. <laughs> so I, I didn't really give um, you know the, the criteria as well as I should have. Uh, mm-hmm. but That's good because that gives me – the freedom to to think that I had something to do with it. <laughs> it was, but it had to do with you know connected sidewalks, protected bike lanes. Um, you know, uh, how many people were who were lived in the city? Who were uh, the percentage of people who were active? Um, there were surveys taken. So I mean, it, you know, weather played um, a little bit it of a role. Sounds boring. Too. Yeah. So it was science. It was science. To, this is to, the first to, to time in my point. life somebody has made science sound boring. Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, that was exciting news. Uh, congratulations to uh, all of us who live in Arlington County. But mostly you and me. Yes, absolutely. Um, Docs, uh, baseball is back for now. Um, Maybe. Who knows if it's still going on by the time we post the show? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's been well documented. You can name every single World Series champion since uh, 1960. Uh, 1969. We won't have you, 1969. We won't have you go through that now, but that, that gives you uh, chops and credibility as a huge baseball fan. Um, but, you know, the, the, the way they're doing it and, and uh, the, the number of cases, my favorite home team here uh, has their best player out with coronavirus, and I'm afraid we're not going to get to the finish line. I, I mean, I think that's a that's a valid concern. Although Major League Baseball, I did I did read a headline this morning that says that they they are now um, they have 
COVID officials that, that are going to take charge, which is it's just so incredibly stupid how uh, naive they were going into this season. And mm. I, I hate to talk about this because that's all we do is talk about uh, how COVID has affected sports and impacted sports right. and all this kind of stuff. Well, and we just we're just speculating. Will there will they won't they type thing uh, when we're talking about fall fall college sports and, and stuff like that. But I will say, like, many months ago when this started, I did throw out the idea about living in a bubble, and, and you said <laughs> that I was crazy. But mm-hmm. th- if we want to talk science, you, you look at the NBA, the NHL, MLS, NWSL. They, they have created bubbles for their teams that are competing in competitions, and that has worked very well. And mm-hmm. you know, once they get into the bubble, they had some te- they had some positive tests beforehand, and then they get into the bubble, and there are no positive tests after a certain amount of time of isolating and and keeping that bubble intact. That's how these professional leagues, with all of the money that they have, should be going about their seasons. Then you look at what baseball Major League Baseball did. Major League Baseball is is not doing a bubble. The they're not even they don't even have protocol so they started the season last friday after one game the florida marlins had positive covid tests and these are these this is a traveling party that has been staying together meals buses planes everything together because they had been on the road in atlanta and then in uh philadelphia they had a positive test and then they had a group text message where they were like hey you know we have uh, four positive tests this morning before Sunday's game. Do you guys still want to play? And their shortstop was like, yeah, we can we can uh, tough this out. And so then they wow. played, and the next day they had 14 tests, 14 positive results, and now they're up to like 17 or 19 positive results. It You can't tough it out. And, and then they expose the other team, so both Florida and Philadelphia can't play. Within, like, after the first series – Major League Baseball is already redoing the, the the schedule because the Orioles were impacted, the Blue Jays were impacted, the Yankees were impacted. It's insane. You, you they clearly don't get it. They 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 don't get it. And and I'm concerned about the NFL, which is going to go three and a half months without a bubble. Major League Baseball is already showing that that competing without a bubble is not the greatest thing. Rutgers University just had an outbreak with their football team, and their entire football team needs to go into quarantine. Like, you, you can't just live a life like normal and then go play these sports. You you have to be, uh, you know, you have to be understanding of the science. Just like the science yep. made Arlington County the the, <laughs> right. the fittest city the in the country, most fit <laughs> city in the country. You got to trust the science on COVID too. Uh, I, they, they literally the, the Marlins. I don't think this is overstating. Literally put the season in jeopardy. The entire season in jeopardy in the yeah. first week. I just think that's so irresponsible on their part, and they should uh, they, they should be held more accountable, in my opinion. I I agree. A hundred percent. I agree with this. And like part of what Major League Baseball did was they set up taxi squads. So so they expanded the roster. So you have your travel team. And then in another city somewhere, you have a bunch of minor league baseball players and and maybe fringe 
uh, Major League Baseball players, guys that aren't on the roster, but you have an expanded roster. So you actually have replacement players on your roster that could come in and play the games. Instead, what Major League Baseball did was, like, these guys were totally irresponsible, and they're just totally accommodating. They're like, oh, well, we'll, we'll just postpone your games for you instead of telling them, look, you're going to have to have your minor league players now play in Major League Baseball games and just lose by a lot, you know? Right, I, right. There, there's no punishment to what they did, and what they did was so irresponsible, not just to themselves, but also to their opponents, you know, and, and, and the rest of the league. I, it, it's amazing to me how, how bad they dropped the ball just in the first weekend. All right, and you were going to relate it back to running, I believe. Uh, what's the connection that you have to the MLB to running? So as far as like running and, and when you're talking about college running and you're talking about um, even professional with the professional bubbles and all this kind of stuff, I just don't see how uh, you can have a prolonged season without establishing better rules and having a bubble and being more responsible because eventually the numbers are going to say that eventually you're going to have an outbreak if everybody's just going to parties and everybody's just interacting with other people and not taking this seriously. The Major League Baseball is showing everybody how not to do this. So if you're looking at, if you're looking at having a fall season in your own sport, look at what Major League Baseball is doing and, and recognize the mistakes that they're making and correct those mistakes in your own plan. And you can't just hope for the best. And that's what Major League Baseball has done. I know. So, so I, you know, while it sounds like we're being negative here, uh, actually, I think you, you, you just look at what other people have done. That's the good thing about uh, starting your fall season later than, than, than these professional leagues. Because you can look at the example of, of leagues that are doing the right things, and you look at leagues that are doing the wrong things, and modify your plan That's accordingly. True. So there's the there's the positive spin. But so the college football, they're not going to be in a bubble. There's no way they all these guys can be in a bubble. So they they can't be in a bubble. But but what I just read was that the Florida Marlins players went out to to nightclubs while they in were Atlanta, in Atlanta. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you might not be in a bubble, but and 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 the Rutgers football team. What I read was that they went to a party. So like, if you wanna if you wanna have a season, if if you wanna be smart about it and you wanna have a season, you have to understand you can't be doing stuff like that. As yeah. fun as it is, like I, I would love to go to nightclubs and go to house parties. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. It's fun. I'm not t- I'm not here to tell you that's not fun. Right. <laughs> I'm not the no fun police. I'm not a fun sponge. Well, I, I agree, man. Well, hopefully, uh, we'll be port- we're, re- hopefully we'll be reporting better news uh, in the near future. I, I, I want to say we made it an hour plus of the show, made it all the way almost to the end without being negative, but um, ended it on a negative <laughs> ended on a negative note. Well, I, I just felt like it was important that we establish our uh, identity, you know, and, and in the past, before you and Julie just went off on the deep end, I was the <laughs> negative one, and you guys brought positive stories, so we, yep. you know, if we're going to have a positive show, I'm the one that has to have a rant and be negative about it, and, and so that's, that's, that's our identity. We're getting back to our roots. We made it all the way an hour into the show. Uh, we were positive, but uh, ended on a negative, but... Uh... Oh, well, that's just kind of how this show goes.
All right, guys, great show. Really enjoyed it. Farley loved it so much, he's now speechless. We definitely didn't forget to record a closing to the show last week. Farley just can't talk right now. I want to thank our guest, Virginia wide receivers coach and marathoner Marcus Hagens. He just doesn't quit, and his positivity has inspired me to run more often, and so can you. For Julie E. Colley, who skipped out entirely, and Chris Farley, can you talk yet? No? Okay, for Chris Farley, I am William E. Docks. This has been Pace Nation. Be good or be quiet. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for your time. I yeah. hope we didn't take you take you away from your being too long. Yeah, exactly. That was good to get out for a little bit. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and and man, let's get this season going, man. Let's get what do whatever you can do. Let's play some football. You know, I, I will so, do my best. Do your I promise, best, man. Be safe. I, I'll say yeah, be, be safe. safe. No doubt. Be smart and be safe. Be safe. That's true. You guys, you guys do the same. And thank you guys yeah. again for having me. All right, brother. Take care, man. Hey, See you, man. You. All right. Take. Oh, you too. Bye. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks again to Marquis. Sorry. Marcus. I know, let me, sorry. 